This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, Richard just mentioned this while we were talking to him, but over in Washington State, just across the border from us here, uh, they are now joining several other states in moving forward with banning the sale of flavored vaping products. And this, of course, has made all this concern over the mysterious lung illness that has sickened hundreds. We're talking, I think the number is now up to more than 800 people and killed more than a dozen across the United States. So Washington Governor Jay Inslee issued an executive order this morning asking their Department of Health to issue the emergency rule at its next meeting that is scheduled for October the 9th. And that ban, it's an emergency ban, is going to apply to products containing nicotine as well as the cannabis extract THC. Now, Jay Inslee says the flavored products especially appeal to youth. Now, the Trump administration has also announced some plans to ban flavored vaping products nationally. New York, Michigan, Rhode Island... They're also among the states that have instituted at least temporary bans. Massachusetts, meanwhile, has gone the farthest. They've issued a four-month ban on all vaping products until they can find out more. But here's what Washington Governor Jay Inslee had to say in the last hour. We know that there is a action causing this problem, and that is the predatory marketing by this industry to our children, intentionally trying to addict them to various products and using flavoring to do so. These kids get hooked, and they get hooked for life. So many products in this industry are targeting children. They are flavoring products with flavors attractive to our children, bubblegum, raspberry, cinnamon, and the like. These flavors exist for one reason, and one reason only, and that is to make them more appealing to young children. These products are also packaged in a way to appeal to young children. Meanwhile, we've got some numbers as well uh, from the Fraser Health Authority on how high school students in BC are consuming these products. Joining us now to talk more about that is Dr. Ingrid Tyler, the medical health officer with Fraser Health. Dr. Tyler, thank you for being here. Um, Hi, Simi. Thanks for having me. So what do we know about how high school students are using these products? Um, Yeah, so our data is still a bit limited on high school students, actually, but the McCreary Center released uh, some really interesting information earlier this year that was telling us that 21% of youth in grades 7 to 12 are vaping in BC. So that's about one in five high school students are uh, regularly vaping. Um, When we uh, go to schools and deliver programs about vaping, which uh, we've we've been doing a, a lot at Fraser Health to educate students and, and staff and parents about this uh, product and, and the potential risks of it. Uh, anecdotally, uh, we hear from kids that it, it is probably more than that, just based on the amount right. of, uh, of the vapor that, that they see in their schools. Right, because this is the survey that you were using there. They're self-reporting for that survey, right? Yes, exactly. That's a uh, survey that uh, students fill out every four years and they, they, they just answer it and they, they self-report. They write down uh, yes or no. And I, I can understand maybe, maybe some, some kids aren't willing to, um, to admit to that in an official way uh, because we do see a lot of this behavior. Right. What are some of the anecdotal concerns that you've also heard about here? Um, yeah, and speaking with uh, teachers and partners in school districts, we're hearing that uh, children are, are vaping in classrooms, that they're vaping in bathrooms, that it's quite a distraction 
uh, in the school, and we're hearing that uh, students are getting addicted, um, that some uh, kids need to go out and have nicotine in between classes, or they or they're you know ready for another another smoke at at lunchtime when they're let out of class because nicotine is a highly addictive substance and um and uh vaping is uh, essentially a nicotine delivery device wow so uh, how do we tackle this problem then dr tyler what do you think that's a very good question actually i i do know we've been doing a lot about education and the province uh is continuing to work on an action plan uh around uh, vaping particularly vaping in youth I do think that uh, education continues to be the key. Um, we need to denormalize this behavior. Um, we need to teach, we need to explain to parents and students in the public um, what uh, some of the, the risks are. Um, and these risks are becoming more and more apparent every day, as um, you, you had just mentioned in terms of the uh, the deaths and uh, vaping-related illnesses that they're seeing many of in the states and uh, starting to see in Canada, we are learning a lot about the short-term risks of vaping. We still don't have uh, much information because it's such a new phenomenon about what might happen 10 or 20 or 50 years in the future to those who are um, choosing to vape today. It's almost like we are creating some kind of future health crisis with this. Uh, yeah, we have it. We have no way, no way of knowing. And the immediate um, health crisis is just uh, evolving. Dr. Tyler, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. That's Dr. Ingrid Tyler, medical health officer with the Fraser Health Authority.